So today I want to talk to you about abiding, about abiding. I'm, I'm going to talk to you from John chapter 8. Um, I'm not sure now exactly how I'm going to do it, but I, I keep having this one thing keep coming to my mind as, as the Lord is speaking. I thought this was about freedom, and it is, but, but then he, he I impressed upon me that it's, it's more about abiding because the freedom is the symptom. The abiding is what brings the freedom, right? I got a call a, a little while ago from a young man. Um, I don't know him super well, but I know him. You know, texted me, can we talk? I'm like, sure. And, and we talk. And he said, my wife has found another man and she's leaving me. He's, he's a guy with a family, right? Christian guy, Christian wife. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. She's hooked up with some other guy. I don't give you too many details. But I'm thinking about that. And it's like, man, there was some serious lack of abiding going on in that situation. I'm telling you the story before I tell you the scriptures because I want you to have something to hang it on. It's like, so, you know, and, and I only know just a little bit that the guy told me, right? Who knows what his part of this whole mess is or isn't. I don't know any of that. I'm not, you know, I, well, I'm judging that his wife should not be with another man. I would say, you know, if I was that family's pastor, I'd go have a conversation with that lady and that man and say, what are you doing? But I don't know any information short of that. That's all I know. But the point is, somebody was abiding in somebody other than Jesus when this whole thing started. I promise you, I don't know, but I promise you it didn't start with what it is now. It started with a thought. And the thought was probably from the devil. And it probably came at a time when somebody wasn't feeling so good about who knows what. And they allowed that thought to abide in their minds which led to the next, which led to the next, which led to the next, which all of a sudden now there's no truth in there because they're not abiding in Jesus anymore. They're abiding in themselves and and how they're going to solve their problems and how they're going to fix their emotions and how all that, because for a second they stopped abiding in Jesus. I was going to tell you that at the end, and I'll try to get this to be near the end, um, it happened to me yesterday. I was looking at my YouTube, and I don't know if you ever heard of like Ben Shapiro or you know some of these these more conservative newsy guys. Well, there's a guy named Ruben, Dave, I think is his first name. Interesting, he was a screaming liberal guy, and and he's homosexual, but he's coming pretty fast from his liberal perspective to a more conservative perspective, and he was showing talking about the crazy stuff that's going on in our country. And one of the things he talked about was these people that will get up in your face and demand that you salute Black Lives Matter. Or you'll say, say her name, say her name. And, and there's these people, they're, they're literally, they stopped them in traffic. And they're in their truck. And they're cursing at them and they're demanding that they do it. And the guy's kind of like holding his fist. No, 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 you didn't say it. You didn't say it. And then there's this woman just berating this other person. And I'm thinking to myself, I'd probably get, you know, killed. But I would give anything if I could just knock one of their teeth right down their throat. I would just, I would love, even the woman, I would love to punch her in the mouth so hard that she ate her own teeth for acting how she's acting. And all of a sudden I thought, man, who am I abiding in right now? Love your enemies and pray for those that persecute. 
It, no, it wasn't Krishna thought at all. My point is, it's that easy. You can see that thing, and now I'm not abiding in Jesus anymore. I'm abiding in my own judgment, my own... And there's a place for judging things as right or wrong, evil or, or righteous. But it's that easy to look at a video and see somebody, and then demonic wisdom gets in your head, and you think thoughts like, you know, I don't know what would happen to me. They'd probably all just beat me up. But I would love to just punch that lady in the face for the way she's treating that other person. It's like, wow, I didn't abide in Jesus. You know, I think, you know, praise God, I abide enough in Jesus that I was able to repent from that thing in a, in a quick hurry. But those emotions were real inside of me. And it's like, ugh, you've got to put that down. That's what John 8 was speaking to me prior to that moment, but there was a moment of, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm no different than the Pharisees in this second if I don't take control of my thoughts. So I'll try to go through this quick. I'll just read you. I'll just read this scripture. I'm going to start in 31, and I'm going to end at 59. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is, a, is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father, therefore you also do the things which you heard from your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not come, or not even come, on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not, not understand what I am saying? Jesus is continuing to speak. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hear the, hears the words of God, for this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also. And you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death. 
Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Now, I look at this and I think to myself, how fortunate I am to be a person who can look backwards at all this in hindsight, and see how it played out. The Jews didn't have that. It didn't buy them anything, right? They were still accountable to the way that they thought and, and to, accountable to being of their father, the devil. But they didn't have the benefit of, of seeing it from history. They were living it in that moment. And what Jesus is telling us is this. Who you abide in is who you will be like. I chose to abide in the devil for a second yesterday, and I started to bear the fruit of the devil, right? The, the, the picture God gave me years ago of this is you have a cucumber, a little cucumber, and um, you want a pickle. But a cucumber isn't like a pickle. It's a cucumber. A pickle is also a cucumber, but it's pickled. So how do you get the flavor of a cucumber to be the flavor of a pickle? You find something and you make it to abide in that something. And the longer it abides in that something, the more it becomes like that something. So so if you, being a pickle or being a cucumber, don't want to act like a cucumber, when you see those things, your first reaction of the woman screaming in that other person's face or the people cursing at the guy, demanding, like, I don't know, what would he, they have done? Would they have tried to break him out of his car and beat him up? Would they have scratched his car or, or kicked in his fenders? or something, because they had him blocked in the road, what would they have done? See, I want to be so pickled by Jesus that my first thought is, oh, Lord, they're so deceived. God, I pray to you for their deliverance and their freedom. Lord, I cannot believe that they would know you, and if they don't know you, they're going to spend their eternity in the lake of fire. God, I don't want that to happen to anybody. I hate the devil. Look how he's deceived these people. Jesus, they need to know you. Jesus, I pray the gospel. I mean, that should have been my response. I should have been broken for them instead of having hatred towards them. So I need to stay in the pickle juice a little bit more because my fruit wasn't Jesus. So I've got to stay in the pickle juice. And that's what he's trying to tell us. He's like, you guys, the word, Jesus starts at the beginning, he says, if you continue in my word. The Greek word continue is M-E-N-O. It's also translated, and we'll talk about this one next week, as abide. If you continue in my word, if you abide in my word. Later it says, if you keep my word. Um, it's speaking to a process, not to an event. So when somebody says, hey, listen, you know, raise your hand, you can go to heaven, and, and then, you know, you're good, you're guaranteed, you're locked in. That's not what this is saying. This is saying you have to abide in him. And when we get to John 15, maybe next week, Jesus says, listen, I'm a vine and you're a branch. And my father, he prunes you so that you might bear fruit. But if you don't bear any fruit, guess what? You're just a dead branch, and I cut you off. 
and you get thrown in the fire. There's a pretty strong implication about what he's saying there, right? About being fruitful or not being fruitful, about abiding. Abiding is a never-ending process. It's demanded of us every second of every minute of every day until God brings us home and we don't have the problem of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's not an event. Okay, well, I'm abiding in Christ. How do you know? Well, because I, I, I responded to a prayer at a church. I said the words the guy told me to say, so I'm good. I abide. It's like, no, no, no. You must continually abide. If I'm not careful, I'll cease to abide. If I allow those thoughts to pickle my mind, I won't think like Jesus thinks. And I'll be abiding in my father the devil, just like they were. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus said to them, if the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. How does the Son make you free? He just said at the beginning, you will know the truth, and the truth makes you free. The truth isn't that you're okay with cursing somebody because they don't act like Jesus. Heaven forbid, I wasn't acting like Jesus. Teresa could have cursed me in that very moment. If, that, if that's our standard, you follow me? You have to know the truth, and it's the truth that will make you free. And then if you abide in Christ, abide in his word, abide in that truth, then you're going to stay free. But if you don't know the truth, you can't abide in what you don't know. You can't correct yourself when you've gotten away from the truth if you don't know that you're away from the truth. And that's what the devil does. That's earthly, demonic, worldly wisdom. That's James talks about that. Yes. Yeah, I'll say his name. Right. Amen. See, because their problem, he said in verse 37, is my word has no place in you. So here they are, and they think they're righteous. I'm, I'm going to kind of not go from my notes. I did have some good stuff in here, though. He's like, no, no, you don't know the truth. You have a truth, but it's not true truth. Because you're abiding in your father, the devil. And, and how did Jesus know it? He didn't have to do any kind of big research. He said, you're trying to kill me. I know you're not of God. Because if you were of God, you would love me. But you don't love me. You want to kill me. Therefore, you're of your father, the devil. He just declared it to them. Were they or weren't they? They were. How do we know? Jesus said so. How did he know? They wanted to kill him. They didn't want to love him. Their flaming arrow from the devil fit their flesh. Because these are guys that feel like they know something. When they talk, people listen to them. They call them rabbi, right? They're somebody, and they like being somebody. So they have a truth that serves their ego, and whether they understand it or not, they don't want to give it up. But Jesus is like, no, 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 I'm the truth. And you need to abide in my word, not in the word of your father, the devil. Man, and I walked right into it. He got me just that fast. They ignore and deny the Lord's word, but they keep their own. They justify themselves, not in the truth, but in being sons of Abraham, right? But the Bible teaches that who are the children of Abraham? The true children of Abraham those that are children by faith, not by blood, right?
right? But they like the idea, hey, listen, I'm good, I'm justified, I'm righteous in God's eyes because I can trace my blood back to Father Abraham. And he's like, means nothing. Your daddy is not Abraham, your daddy is the devil. They abide in their father, the devil, who in turn feeds them with thoughts of their own glory. We know it's true because Jesus told us so. So there's a, there's a message that Jesus says about glory. They want glory, right? They get glory. People, people glorify them. But their job is to glorify God. Jesus said, I don't even have my own glory. I will not even speak to you. I have no glory except that the Father would glorify me as he glorifies the Father. But the glory these guys were seeking was their own glory. Maybe just me and not you, but I have a fleshly desire for glory of my own. I'm so sorry. I'm glad you're getting so much better. Teresa's coming out from the valley of the shadow of death. And it's been an ugly, nasty place. It hasn't been her everything. It hasn't been our everything. But it's been real, and it's been hard. And it's been hard on her, right? So um, through that process, praise God, I've spoken truth to her over and over again. And it's typically never made our time together better when I do that. No, I know. I mean, this is not one where I have to speculate. But she's not mean to me, but, you know, it's not, it was not, yeah, right, I'm the mean one. The point is, when you're in, in that stuff, it's not pleasant to hear somebody tell you you're in that stuff. And when it's a fortress, you can't see it. It's only by the glory and the grace of God that you can get free of those things. So she's starting to come out, and she's seeing, and she's appreciating what she didn't appreciate before, that I would stand in truth despite the fact that it wasn't that pleasant for me, Right? So she sends me, we're both in our prayer time separately, right? She sends me a link to a song. I listen to the song, and I know what she's telling me. She's blessing me. She's saying what a wonderful guy I am and that she sees it. And I'm like, I don't even want to listen to it. Because all I can think of is, all the while I'm standing for truth, I, I know there's selfishness in me. Because... I'm not motivated purely by love. I'm motivated sometimes because it's not so great for me when she's like that. So I don't want to receive that glory. It's Jesus' glory. And I'm like, I don't know what to do because I don't want to just blow off what she said to me. That would hurt her feelings. But I don't want to receive it. I I don't want to take God's glory onto myself. So I'm like, I sent her a text back and I said, I don't remember exactly, but it was like, just, you know, thank Jesus. Because any glory, that any goodness that comes out of me is only when I'm abiding in him. If I don't abide in Jesus, guess what I'm? I'm, not, I'm giving you my own opinion about things. And then now, now it's the same as I want to punch that lady in the mouth on the YouTube video. Those guys wanted glory. If you want glory, you can find a way to get it. But once you get a taste for that in your mouth, you don't want to put it down. And then pretty soon, your glory becomes rationalized into the glory of God. And you got yourself thinking that because you tied your mitten deal and everybody, you know, like, like God is blessing me because I have a million dollars or God is blessing me because of this or that. It's like, mm, I'd be careful because in this world, you're going to have tribulation. The point is, we don't seek our own glory. And, and you know, 
I think I grew up with some pretty substantial insecurities. I, you know, Trish, you could probably talk about that one. And sometimes oh, that... I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not gone yet. <laughs> you think I'm not taking notes? <laughs> the point is you use that stuff to, to medicate yourself. Like, so if I have insecurities, then, you know, if you tell me, oh, that was a great sermon, then I, I, will, I will medicate myself with your compliments instead of understanding, oh, I know what I said to you. I texted her back. There's a scripture in Luke that says, you know, if you, when you're out plowing the fields, you're a slave, and you're out working the fields all day long in the hot sun. And we're probably not talking about a, your basic union eight-hour day with three breaks and a lunch. And then you come in from the fields, and you're tired, and you're exhausted. Jesus says, you don't feed yourself. You get yourself cleaned up. You gird yourself properly. You come in, and you take care of my needs. Then you go take care of your own. And don't tell yourself, oh, how wonderful I am. You tell yourself that you're an unworthy slave, only having done what was expected of you. That really impacts me, how I want to see myself. It's like, oh, you know, you told your wife the truth and you put up with it and God's just so proud of you. It's like, shut up. You're an unworthy slave just doing maybe, just maybe doing what's expected of you. I mean, I don't even know if I'm doing what's expected of me. But that's what I said to her. It's like, hey, listen... Thank Jesus for that, because I'm just an unworthy slave. I'm just some guy who's so lucky that I tripped over Jesus, and he would give me the honor of participating in his work in your life. I don't want that glory. But something inside of me does. But I had to put it down. Otherwise, I'll be like these guys. And they can't see. He said, you cannot have received my word because you're of your father the devil, because you want what he gives you. You don't want what I give you. And what Jesus says is that if you want to be exalted, then you be the one who washes the feet. You be the one that scrubs the toilets. You be the one that does the the crap jobs, and then he'll exalt you at the proper time. None of that happens without us abiding. I'm saying we all have to be careful that we abide. Now now today, I'm I'm telling you, watch this. I'm, I'm going to be done. I have nothing more to look at. I just want to speak truth. And I want us to absorb the truth so that we can, we can bring glory to Jesus. Yeah, you said something like, well, you can still take credit for your part or something like that. Because I was God's reflection. Okay, see, now I'm wanting to get all puffy again. <laughs> Right, right, exactly, right. No, right. But I know myself. It wasn't the perfect abide all the time. At least I'm not crying. Amen. I know it, man. The point is this. If we want to produce godly fruit, if we want to really, like Teresa said, reflect Jesus, then we have to abide in Jesus. The pickling solution we have to be in has got to be Jesus. It can't be Facebook because as strong as we are, if we're not careful, we abide in that mess, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pickle us so that at some point we're going to say, I want to punch that lady in the face. I mean, I did. I wanted to until I repented. Read the Bible. Pray. I mean, seriously, pray. Not like you prayed over dinner and, and you heard somebody was sick and you, you laid down a good 10-second whatever prayer for somebody who's sick. I'm talking about find your place, your prayer closet, and get in there. 
and spend hours in there. As much time as you can because you don't have a purpose for life that's not to glorify God. And we can get all tangled up in all the busy and all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, we're going to stand before God. And the last thing we want is regrets. And if you're like me, when you give an account for yourself, the first part's not going to be that fun. Thank God for Jesus that I don't have to, he already bore the wrath for all my part I don't want to have to hear about. But why would I want to waste today? Why would I want to waste tomorrow? Why would I want to abide in something that doesn't bring glory to God? And I told you this, I think, last week. One of the words that the Lord gave me for Teresa is that, that was repent and return and that she had lost, but really what he impressed by me, had stolen from her her first love. And we started talking about when we were first Christians. And we did stuff that's like, you know, it ain't like preaching a sermon. It's like making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's like praying for people. It's like hogging people. And and the joy was just so awesome. You couldn't wait for the next opportunity. And then you kind of get to be somebody and you're the pastor and you get all... I mean, theology and doctrine is so important. We don't want to be a doctor. But you kind of forget that at the end of the day, it's not tithing your mint and your dill that God's looking for. He's looking for you to be a big sister and to tell somebody, I'm going to pray for you again, but Pat, you need to stop disagreeing with Jesus. That's like, yes, thank you so much. I needed that correction. You know what I'm saying? That we would abide in him, that we would seek him. So when we sing this song, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heartbeat, that we actually have some sense for what that's like. Because then we can go to you and pray with confidence with my arm around your shoulder and your head down on mine. Lord, I just pray so much that she could receive your comfort right now, that she could receive the comfort that will strengthen her and encourage her and help her to get through what's got to be such a difficult time. Her husband is hurting and she's got to talk to him through a window. I mean, seriously. Anyway, okay. Um, am I still coming through this thing? Yes, I am. I don't know if that ever made any sense to you, but it sure felt good to say it all. I mean, I just, I, we, just need to, we just need to love one another. Boy, that's a good topic we could talk about too, is, is the, the, the sacrifice of love. Not today because I turned my iPad off and I can't talk about an iPad. So, Father God, thank you for your truth. Thank you that Jesus is truth and that his words are true and that if we abide in him and his words abide in us that we will produce fruit and he said you didn't choose me but I chose you that you would bear much fruit he didn't choose us for the purpose of being chosen for being on his team and wearing his jersey he chose us for the purpose of bearing fruit of expanding your kingdom of letting people know that you are God and you are love and love comes from you and that we're your expression at least the natural physical, not even natural, supernatural expression, God. Help us convict us, just like you did to me yesterday when you said to me, he didn't say these words, but the impression was, who are you abiding in? He told the disciples whenever they wanted to rain fire and brimstone down on some village because they wouldn't receive Jesus. And Jesus said to him, you know not what spirit you're of. He said to the Jews that we just read, you're of your father the devil, Lord, that we might never be of anyone but you that we wouldn't desire your glory, but we would find our satisfaction in you being glorified. Lord, we say thank you also for the food we're about to enjoy. We know that none of it is ours except for by your grace, that we don't have anything that you didn't give to us. So we ask your blessing on it, Lord, that it will be good and nourishing, even the stuff that wasn't made that way. We do it all in Jesus.